Genesis 39, the story of Joseph, you know. Um, and again, I think uh, recently I asked you about Corey Ten Boom. Uh, any, who, who's heard of Corey Ten Boom? Okay, so most of us know who Corey Ten was. She was uh, a, a teenage girl during the, the World War II in, in Holland, and her and her family were hiding Jews. And, um, you know, Corey and her family were doing a good work there. And uh, it was going on for a while, and they were kind of being successful in that and keeping people from the Germans, and they were not getting caught for doing that. But, of course, it was a deadly game. Uh, anyone caught doing such a thing with themselves could be killed. And so for a while they were getting away with it, as it were. And it's an amazing story. If you've never read the book, The Hiding Place, I highly recommend that you pick up that book. There's also a movie that came out, I think, in the 70s uh, to go along with that book, The Hiding Place. It's an incredible story of how this family was hiding Jews and Corey was a member of that family. And so they were going along doing the work of the Lord, really. And, you know, when she was, uh, her and her sister, in fact, both, Betsy, were, were caught and were sent to a horrible prison camp in Germany. And, you know, it kind of shocked us a little bit because you think, you know, well, maybe, you know, if we're doing the Lord's work, maybe we should expect some level of protection from God, you know, or some level of reward, if you will, so that we don't wind up in prison, you know. And nonetheless, right, um, you know, here's the Ten Boom family doing what's right, and they wind up in prison for it. And how is that going to benefit the Jewish people anyway? And it kind of shocks our sensibilities sometimes, right? Um, but is there, you know, has there been times in our life where we have been maybe doing what we thought was right and we wind up being falsely accused, or we wind up in prison, or we wind up, you know, with some negative consequence when we thought that the outcome should be good, right? These are things that challenge us at times, right? <clears throat> have we ever suffered wrongfully, as we're going to see here in the life of, of Joseph in just a few minutes, right? There, there may be times in our life where for what we can, as far as we can tell, for what we try to do good, we end up receiving bad in return. And that's a, a real situation in life we have to deal with. And it certainly was for Corey Ten Boom, and it was certainly was for Joseph, as we're about to see. So let's read the first uh, six verses here in Genesis 39. It says, Now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. An Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, and the captain of the guards brought him, bought him, sorry, from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him there. Recall just before this, Joseph's brothers had sold him into slavery. Okay, they hated him. We won't go into that story, but his, his own brothers sold him to the Ishmaelites. They were slave traders. And so now, you know, the Ishmaelites have taken him down to Egypt and they sold him to a man named Potiphar. That's what's going on here. But it says, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man serving in the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor with his master and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household and placed all that he owned under his authority. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned in his house and in his fields. He left all that he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. So in this portion of our story, we can clearly see that although Joseph is sold into slavery and finds himself in Egypt, his brothers, actually some of them wanted to kill him, but it was actually Reuben, the oldest, that convinced them, let's not kill him, let's just sell him. You know, <laughs> uh, Here he is in a pretty good situation. The Lord was with him. The Lord was blessing everything that Joseph did. And giving him the success, success to the point that he was even blessing the Egyptian for the way the Egyptian was treating Joseph. 
So here he finds himself as basically the, the butler of the estate, the, the household manager, the guy who's basically in charge of everything. And the Lord is just blessing him. And the, the whole idea here be, be, between, be, behind this word successful, it's, it's a continuous action. The Lord was just continually blessing and making Joseph successful in everything that he set his hand to. And he winds up in this amazing position, even as a slave, right? God blesses him. And his brothers, I'm sure, couldn't have imagined that. <laughs> you know, they thought they were rid of that troublemaker, and now he winds up in a pretty good, you know, he's still, still a slave, but he's in a good position as a slave, right? Sometimes we have this notion that slaves are all wearing, like, balls and chains and breaking rocks with pickaxes, but, you know, some slaves were elevated to positions of authority like Joseph was, right? He wasn't a free man, but he was in a good position. And, you know, faithfulness to God certainly can result in God's success, as God determines that, by the way. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Faithfulness to God does result in God's blessing and God's success in our life as He determines what success is, not what we determine what success is. There's no question about that. God honors those that honor Him. And, you know, although our situations may not be ideal in life, God, if we're faithful to God, God's blessing will be present. God's presence will be with us. And we can count on that. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. We can joyfully serve the Lord. And you know, the amazing thing about Joseph, I want you to think about this, and it certainly is applicable to me, is that here's a guy who was sold into slavery. And I mean, he had every right to be angry about that, to be complaining about that, you know, maybe even to grumble and say, you know, I'm just going to, why should I do anything in this? I'm sold into slavery. I'm a slave in Egypt. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm just going to sit here and in the dust and be bitter about it. But no, Joseph takes the opportunity and he works hard at it. And he makes the best out of a very bad situation. That's, an, that's, that's quite a thought for us, right? Sometimes we're in situations in life. I've been in jobs in the past, right, where I've struggled with that. And it's like I hate my boss. I hate my surroundings. I hate everything that's going on. And so I just, I just become bitter and I just waste and throw away my time. Or I could adopt an attitude like Joseph and say, you know what, I am a slave. And this guy here is my slaver. But I'm going to serve him as unto the Lord. And that's what Joseph does. Even though he's a slave, even though he should hate this guy, he doesn't. He does his best for him. And because of that, God's blessing is present and Joseph is elevated to a position of authority. And that's a good thought for us this morning to think about how do we react to the situations that we find ourselves in. And, And although they may not be ideal, nonetheless, as we are faithful to God, he can use us where we are and he can make something good come out of it. As we're going to see more in this amazing story and yet you know as the 10 booms were hiding those those Jews from the Nazis right could they not have expected God's blessing and protection upon their life well, what was going on there i mean certainly they were being faithful to God by hiding those people from from death and yet they wound up in prison what was happening there well let's carry on in our story we're going to pick up in the second part of verse 6 and carry to verse 12 <clears throat> Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. You know, and it's interesting that in the Hebrew here, the way this is worded, there's a Hebrewism in here that really means that he was, like, really good-looking. <laughs> Joseph was well-built and handsome. He was a great-looking young man, okay? That's what the Bible's telling us here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe he was cursed with that, I don't know. But anyway... He was so good looking, in fact, that Potiphar's wife laid her eyes on him. Okay, let's read on. 
It says, after some time, his master's wife looked longingly at Joseph and said, sleep with me. But he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house. And he has put all that he owns under my authority. No one in this house is greater than I am. He has even he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. So how could I do this immense evil, and how could I sin against God? Although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her. Now, one day he went into the house to do his work, and none of the household servants were there. She grabbed him by his garment and said, sleep with me. But leaving his garment in her hand, he escaped and ran outside. So Joseph, although he is blessed by God, he's successful, the Lord is with him, and he's doing right by the Lord and by this man, he faces this temptation, which is just this incredible onslaught of temptation. And he's in a bad situation here. Okay, He's a good-looking young man. His master's wife wants him. And he's, he's doing the right thing here. He's refusing her. And in fact, in, in, up to this point, we read he's very victorious, actually, over this temptation. You know, But the reality is that for us as Christians, you know, as we walk with the Lord, as we are faithful to Him, as we serve Him, the Lord, the, the, the enemy, the Satan, is going to bring temptation into our life. Because He doesn't want that. He wants us to fall. He wants to trip us up. He wants to ruin us, if it, at all possible. And Joseph faces a temptation that would be hard for most men to refuse. I mean, after all, he was alone in the house with her. Who would know? Nobody. But Joseph was, you see, faithful to God. He says, how could I sin against God? He didn't want to discredit the Lord. He wanted to honor God. And he also wanted to honor his master. He says, how can I do that against this man who has done so well for me here in this situation, right? So Joseph was demonstrating a faithfulness to God and love for his fellow man, actually, a man who was his slaveholder. But he still loved him to the point that he would not violate his wife. And so Joseph is very honorable. He's very uh, righteous in this situation. He is victorious over the sin that comes in his life. He takes the long-term gain. He takes short-term pain for long-term gain. And you know, there are times in life, right, where we're going to be faced with temptation, with sin, with situations that on the short term, they might be very uh, enjoyable, they might be very pleasurable, they might be very beneficial to us in our view, but they will result in long-term pain. And the Christian, the, the, the one who would be faithful to God, is called to have the long-term view and to be to say no to those short-term benefits for the long-term blessing of honoring God. And Joseph does that, and he is very successful. But the reality is, right, is that we can face unbelievable temptations. And here's something I'll just share with you personally. I've never shared this with you before. But, you know, for me as, a, as an individual, and I find since I've come here to Inverness... You know, the worst day of the week for me that I really struggle with um, just difficult things in my life that really would throw me off is Sunday afternoon. It just seems like the devil brings everything to bear on me when I leave this service after we've had a good time with the Lord. And I just know that now that Sunday afternoons I need to be prepared for battle because the attack is going to (laughs) come. And that's just something for me. But, you know, we all face these attacks, right? And the enemy does not want faithful Christians. He will bring everything and he will just bombard us with this. And this comes to Joseph. It's, it's just after him every day and he can't get away from it even though he's saying no to it. And so just because we're faithful to God is no guarantee that we won't face temptation. In fact, I think sometimes maybe the more faithful we are, maybe the more temptation we'll face. Because the enemy is on the prowl. And so he 
is faced with this. But you know, the reality is that like Joseph, right? Through Christ, through the victory that Christ has won, through the power of God in me, I can say no to sin. Not because I'm strong in myself, but because the one who is with me is mighty. And so Joseph is victorious in his God. That fear of God drives him to the right action. Praise the Lord. Through Christ, he, he does this. And, you know, I think there's a great lesson for us here uh, in Joseph in, in, in that he runs away from this situation. And, you know, I remember talking to my oldest son, James, when he was coming of age, and we were having, you know, kind of the talk about girls, you know. Uh, for those of you that are fathers out there, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? So I'm talking to my son, James, about girls. And I said, James, like, you're like Joseph. I said, you're a very fine-looking young man. And I said, you're going to find that when you go to college and you get into different situations, you might be in situations where a young lady will, you know, be looking for something. And I said, you're going to be faced with that. And I want to talk to you about that, how you handle with that. And I said, sometimes how you handle it is you literally run out the door. Because in yourself, you won't be able to resist, right? So Joseph runs out of the house. And sometimes we need to run away and take the appropriate action and not think, oh, well, (laughs) I can handle this. No problem. You know, many have failed uh, in this regard. And their ministries are gone. Their lives are ruined. And their families are in total disarray. Many have fallen. Many are the slain. Many have fallen in this situation. Sometimes we need to be like Joseph when we face temptation. We need to run as fast as we can in the opposite direct direction. Get ourselves out of that situation so that there's no potential for problems. But up to this point in the story, Joseph is with God. God is with him. He's blessed. He's successful. And he's victorious over the temptation. A temptation which many would give into. Joseph is faithful. So what would we expect coming out of this? We'd expect God's reward. Oh, Joseph, that's awesome, man. Like you just like, you nailed it. It's like, man, we want, you know, we look up to this guy and we say, Lord, help me to be faithful like Joseph was. There's a man, you know, there's a man. But what happens? Let's read on. Verse 13. When she saw, that's Potiphar's wife, that he had left his garment with her and ran outside. She called her household servants. Look, she said to them, my husband brought a Hebrew man to make fools of us. He came to me so he could sleep with me, and I screamed as loud as I could. And when he heard me screaming for help, he left his garment beside me, ran outside, and she put Joseph's garment beside her until his master came home. Then she told him the same story. The Hebrew slave you brought to us came to make a fool of me, but when I screamed for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, these are the things your slave did to me. He was furious, as any husband would be. And he had him thrown into prison, where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in prison. And we might say to ourselves, what? The reward for Joseph's faithfulness to God and victory over sin is prison? Yes, that's exactly right. And, you know, just because we're victorious over sin, just because we're faithful to God, does not mean that we will not find ourselves in difficult situations. Sometimes faithfulness to God will, in fact, get us into the trouble in the first place. And today, as we gather here, Christians are being killed around this world. Almost every day, 200 in the last three months in Nigeria. Okay? People are suffering because they're Christians today around this world. They haven't done anything wrong. It happens. And this happens to Joseph. It does not prevent trouble. He's falsely accused. Have we ever been there? 
Corey and her sister would wind up in prison camp and suffer terrible things. And, and uh, Betsy never made it out. She died there. She died there, you know. Corey would eventually come out of that prison, but she suffered there for a long time. And Joseph is now suffering. And he might be struggling himself saying, what, Lord? Like, seriously? You know, bad enough that I'm sold as a slave by my brothers? By the way, it's interesting to note, right, that he, he got into trouble over clothing with his brothers, and now he's into trouble over clothing again. <laughs> In the case of the coat that his father made for him, his brothers were jealous, and probably Joseph took that too much to his head, and now here a coat has got him into trouble again as he leaves it behind when he ran out of the house. But here he is, he's in prison, maybe he's doubting, maybe he's wondering what this is all about. But you know, we as we serve the Lord, sometimes it's going to result in issues. And, and it might be the loss of a job, it might be the loss of friends, it might be public ridicule, it might be false accusation. And there's lots of that happening about Christians today. And you know, Jesus reminds us that a servant is not above his master. If they have loved me, they will love you, and if they have hated me, they will hate you. And so Jesus told us, that don't, don't think it's strange... When people hate you for my sake and for the gospels, that just comes with the territory. And Joseph finds himself in prison. And we're kind of shocked by this, right? That it seems like Joseph's reward for faithfulness to God and victory over sin is jail time. Is this God's reward for a life well lived? <clears throat> well, let's, let's continue on in our story. Verse 21. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority, and he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and the Lord made everything that he did successful. And so we see in this narrative that even though he winds up in prison, God is still with him. We, we sang about that this morning in our songs. God is with us. He will not forsake us. And God has never forsaken Joseph. God is still with him. God is still blessing him. In fact, the language here, right, it looks just like the language we read about Potiphar, right? I mean, yes, he goes into prison, but he, he what does Joseph do? He does the same thing. He says, Lord, here I am. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to do the best I can. And so he starts right at it again, just being the model prisoner. And the, the prison warden notices it. The blessing of God is with Joseph. And so he gets elevated even in the prison. And the warden is the same as Potiphar. He didn't care for anything because that man there, that's a model prisoner. And I can trust him to take care of everything so that I can sit back here and take it easy. God was with him in the prison. And God was still with him and blessing him. And the reality is that the outward circumstances, right, the jail were not the issue. And for us as Christians, sometimes we need to we need to really be clear on that, right? We kind of look at God's blessing oftentimes in physical ways. Oh well, if I'm blessed, I'm going to have tons of money. I'm going to be healthy. Uh, everything's just going to be easy in life, and that's just not true. And I want to say to you this morning that even though Joseph was sold as a slave, and even though that he was a slave in Potiphar's house, and even though he suffered wrongfully, and went to prison, at no time did he not have God's blessing with him. In fact, he was being blessed all the way through that. The circumstances are not the issue. And I believe we need to look at life through that lens. We often judge God's blessings in physical terms, and that's not at all what the Scriptures teach or what's really going on in life. And they do not preclude God's blessings, right? What are we, what are we going to find when we face temptation? 
What are we going to do, right? Are we going to succumb? Are we going to be victorious? What do we expect God to guarantee us in life? These are questions we need to deal with and ask ourselves. Do we expect God to give us a smooth ride? Is God's blessing only positive in terms of the comforts of life? And I want to say to you from the story of Joseph, absolutely not. At no time is Joseph apart from the Lord or not blessed by God. He was blessed as a prisoner, blessed as a slave, blessed in every situation, although it was difficult. God was with him. God is with us too. God honors those who honor him. We have that in the word of God. I will honor those that honor me and bless those who bless me. And that's a principle in the, God, in the Word of God that I believe applies for us today. It applied to Joseph's life. He was honoring God all the way through his life. And God did honor him, even though he had to endure circumstances. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. And as we honor the Lord in our life, as we honor the Lord in our obedience, as we honor the Lord in the way we behave, as we honor the Lord with our finances, as we honor the Lord with our tongues, with our hands, with our feet, and with everything that we surrender to him, God will honor us. There's no question about that. I believe that. But that does not mean that life might not have some difficulties with that. You may recall the story of you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew guys who were taken down to Babylon, right? And those three men, you know, they refused to bow to the king's statue, and so they were thrown into a, a fiery furnace, the Bible says, right? And for those of us who know the story that they were in that, they were thrown into the fire. In fact, the fire was so hot that the guards that threw them in were killed because of the heat. They went in there, and all of a sudden they're still there walking around, and there was a fourth with them. One who looked like a son of the gods, the Bible says. And you know, God did not take away the fire of trial from those men, but he was with them in it. They needed to go through that and experience that for his sake. And God does not promise to give us just a free and easy life with no trouble and no difficulties. But he does promise that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will be with us until the end. And we can count on his presence with us. Do we see the hand of the Grand Weaver? Rabbi Zacharias wrote a book a few years ago called The Grand Weaver. If you've never read it, I highly recommend it. And it helps us to get a grasp of this notion that God, you see, is is very involved in our life, weaving our life into his grand plan for all things that are going on in this world. He has something he's doing. (laughs) And by his grace and mercy, he allows us to be part of that, and he is the grand weaver working out the circumstances of our life. Oftentimes we can't see that or we don't recognize that, but he's there. He's at work. He's doing something, and he's waiting for us to submit to his will and join him in that mission. And Joseph was a man who did that. Joseph did not check out of the process. He didn't say, Lord, this is too hard for me, or I don't, I'm not doing this. In every case that the Lord put him in, Joseph was faithful. God honors those who honor him. His blessing is found regardless of our circumstances. What appeared to be negative was in fact intended for good. In fact, Joseph, we don't read, we won't read it here this morning, right? But after this story, Joseph will eventually be elevated in the land of Egypt to second only to Pharaoh. He will become the second most powerful man in the known world, even as a slave. His brothers will one day meet him and bow before him. He will have the power of life and death over his own brothers. And he, God will use him to save Jacob and all of Israel. And at that time, Joseph will make a statement to his brothers, and he will tell them this amazing statement. He said, what you intended for evil, God intended for good to save many lives. 
And so God, you see, was working in the circumstances of Joseph's life. Working through being sold into slavery. Working through being sold to Potiphar. Working through the prison house. You see, God wasn't done with him yet. God didn't have a, a, a purpose ultimately for Joseph to be with Potiphar. Or in that prison, but ultimately second only to Pharaoh. And in order to get to that position, he had to get into that jail first, you see. And God knew that. Joseph didn't at the time. Sometimes there may be difficult situations in our life that God is moving us through to his ultimate place that he wants to get us. But he needs to take us through those places en route for something we can't possibly comprehend is going to be the outcome. I have no doubt that Joseph never in his wildest dreams imagined he would be the second most powerful man in the world, even as a slave, in a very good condition in the land of Egypt. Incredible how the Lord worked in Joseph's life to bring about amazing blessing for others. But you know, we don't want to fight against God in that. We don't want to have a bad attitude about that. We want to submit to the Lord, serve Him faithfully in whatever He has set before us. Trust Him for the outcome. You know, Corey Ten Boom, okay? So here's a girl. She goes to prison for all the wrong reasons, and we might question that. She endures that prison place, but while she's in that prison, her and her sister are sharing the gospel, and people are getting saved in that prison house. And Corey comes out of that prison, and the Lord takes Corey Ten Boom. We, most of us know her now, but of course she's passed on, and that generation is leaving us. But she was known across the world, a global ministry impacting millions of lives. Books, movies, the gospel being preached. Her story, everybody knew. And the Lord had to take her through that, ultimately, to bring her to that place of ultimate use and blessing. She had no idea, I'm sure, when she was sitting in that prison in Germany, that one day, her ministry would reach, would span the globe, literally. And, and everybody would know her name. But the Lord had that in mind for her and ultimately used her to reach many people. And we want to honor God in our life. You know, it's so important as a Christian that no matter what circumstance we face, that we face it with the attitude of Christ, right? When he suffered, he did not threaten. He didn't respond in kind. But he submitted to himself to his Father who judges righteously. And, and as for us, when we find ourselves in the difficult circumstances of life, let us submit to God, entrust it to Him, and in this situation say, Lord, I'm just going to serve you, I'm going to love you, I'm going to honor you, and leave the results with Him. And He will bring us through it, and He will ultimately bring us to it as we submit and as we surrender to Him. Let us be like Joseph, and let us maybe look at our lives in a new perspective as we think about how the Grand Weaver is working in all of our lives. God honors those who honor us, uh, who honor Him, and He is with His people, no matter what is going on in their life. Father, we bless You this morning for the story of Joseph, Lord, Your servant. And Father, we thank You that He was a man who was faithful to You, victorious, O God, and yet He was a man. And Lord, he needed you. But Lord, we thank you that you were with him, that you used him ultimately to save many people alive. And you've left this story with us, oh God, to teach us about who you are today. Lord, you are so faithful. Lord, help us to be encouraged by the fact, Lord, that you never forsake your own. You never leave your own. Lord, that you're always at work in our lives, even when we can't see it. Lord, help us to be faithful to you, Lord, no matter what. And to trust you, Lord, for the outcome. Father, we ask your blessing today. We ask for your encouragement and Lord, I ask that you bless each one that's come, Father. Uh, be with us today, Lord, for we, uh, we ask it in Jesus' name, and we give you praise. Amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. It's good to see you today. Lord bless you.